Welcome to Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 9, Episode 3, titled Warning Signs. Aaron, do you see any warning signs on this uh, show's horizon? This episode is like a tomato laid at Carl's grave. <laughs> oh, it's it's Carl? I thought it was maybe a dog. Maybe they had lost so- <laughs> like a beloved pet or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their kitty died. Uh, the goldfish. Okay, the one so at the that state w- fair died. That was Carl. Hmm. But it, it's a, uh, it's just tomatoes full of hope, but ultimately dashed under the heels of the saviors as they exit the camp. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, like I continue to be very charmed about the overall direction that the world is taking, um, and I like this conspiracy, this Maggie Daryl conspiracy to stop the madman Rick from preserving all of history's greatest monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was some old school, uh, the walking dead execution stuff. The, the raid on the squeaky, the squeaky shingle shack. <laughs> okay. Uh, some, 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 some bullshit there. Uh, there was a couple other things, but I, I mean, yeah, overall I, I quite enjoy the the direction the things are, are taking, and everything feels like all the fights now feel like they're kind of realistic. Oh, Trash Girl's back to being evil, I guess. Yeah. Um. She she gave it a good couple weeks. <laughs> the very first time someone questioned the loyalty of a shifty ex trash woman, she's ready to fucking I don't know engage in human trafficking. That's kind of w- weird, but hey, yeah. it's the fucking zombie apocalypse. What are you gonna do? Everything with that speech from Gabriel last episode. None of it stuck. Zero. Of None it. of it stuck. Mm-mm. No. No. It's like uh, it's remarkable. Like, uh, so many, so many greasy grease slicks at a junkyard just <laughs> roll rolls right off the backs of the grease pits. I don't. I've lost my own analogy, Jim. That's it's kind fine. of the Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think they they care that much about their analogies. Uh, <laughs> tomato equals community, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we we had barley equals intellect way back in the yeah. day. Now we have tomato equals community. <laughs> it's it's all it's all vegetables we needed, and, we and needed, solidarity. We needed we needed tomato charter. <laughs> we do. You got to make ketchup from this crushed tomato. The ketchup charter. Oh yeah, you can't with waste fifty-seven tomato. special blend of rules and restrictions. I think they still have the copyright in the the to the the recipe. I don't think you're allowed to make Heinz fifty-seven in the oh, apocalypse. Man. That's not good. No, you're gonna you're gonna fuck with copyright and with you got zombies and evil humans and now lawyers coming after you. Not I mean, not a great way to spend the apocalypse. No, if if you're reestablishing civilization, the first thing you do is get copyright in place, right? Yeah. So, so you can have like I don't know Bambi and Dumbo and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, also like you, no one's trademarked the term zombie in this universe. Like that's that's day one. You got to get true. that. Yeah, yeah. You want you want all those other shows, all the other knockoff shows, to be called Walking Dead and <laughs> Rotting Corpses and Biter, uh-huh. Biter Survivor, and you'll be the one zombie show. There you go. Uh, all right, that's enough bullshit. But we've got mm-hmm. another hour of it, so let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, we start off with the zombies feasting on the asshole from last episode. Who, I'll just say. Don't know anybody's name. Don't give a shit about anybody's name. You're going to hear a lot of nicknames in this podcast, and it's as it should be. So we'll we'll keep it going from there. Rico Suave is this guy's name. I looked it up. 
<laughs> awesome. Uh, <laughs> he gets up, and we see a final warning sign yeah. uh, spray-painted onto a building from someone. I, I will say that, man, I, I have not got a lot of... Um, credit that I'll extend to this show because like when the zombies were eating this corpse and then it started jiggling and moving I'm like what the fuck where are fresh zombies coming from in this 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 stage of the apocalypse and then as Rico Suave got up I'm like oh okay well that answers the question of what happened to him at last episode well it does I'm watching you <laughs> I'm watching you walking dead I better not see very many fresh zombies unexplained zombies yeah not a lot of people out there without a community uh it it, it okay so here's the problem with this is it retroactively makes last episode worse or or more egregious in terms of Walking Dead because Walking Dead has a history of building characters up in the episode that they kill them. And it come to find out, actually, that happened twice last week. Once with the, the no-name kid on the horse uh, who tried to defend their shitty wagon and lost his life. Uh, oh, and that then, was in the first... So they, they did spread it across three episodes now. This isn't oh, back-to-back. My, my bad. My bad. <laughs> Twice this, this season already. The first yeah, two yeah, episodes yeah. both had one of these. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, and now this asshole, Rico Suave, he apparently got killed at the end of last episode, so they built him up as a character only to kill him an episode later. All right, next scene, Rick wakes up to a new day uh, while Michonne's lingering in bed, and he goes outside, and he he really just drinks in how well the community is developing uh for the third episode in a row and then he places a tomato in I, your I, face I, negan I, I guess on a, a child's grave carl's grave uh it's, it's not very clear is it it's it, not it very is clear very much not clear i would have thought there would be some kind of like marker that said has a name on it like you know considering this was his son he might do a little bit more you might have nailed it with the family pet. It did feel kind of like the the sort of uh, yeah. feng shui swirling gravel pattern you would do over a beloved, right. beloved canine or perhaps even feline. But uh, yeah, hope yeah. for your future generations. I don't know if you did them. I mean, shit. I see what they're doing to the church in the background, Rick. Seems like you guys can spare some labor to put some kind of monument to... Or your this, own labor. This, this Jesus. Kid. He's your kid. Yeah. 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 This is the, your nights and weekends, man. Put in yeah. some elbow grease. Uh, I do like... There's a couple of things I like. I really like the um, the cute kind of Chevron memorial on the inside of his house with the, you know Carl and Judith's uh, handprints from some of Carl's last days. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like the fact that like it really tells the story of him. You know, Rick of all people goes out in his own community, doesn't wear a gun, doesn't have his hatchet. He feels totally at peace and at ease in this community. Yeah. Um, and you know they got these extensive gardens and stuff. Like Alexandria looks like it's 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 really making it. Uh, I thought these scenes were pretty effective, and you know not for nothing, it, it trades on how much I like Andrew Lincoln and and uh, Sheriff Rick Grimes. Yeah, it's it's getting to the point where it's a a little belabored. Them you just so? constantly saying, "Okay, com- Rick's happy with the way the community's going." Like every episode, he seems to do this around a campfire when you know his bridge crew is is all uh, reveling. I yeah, yeah. It's I think it's supposed to, to really sell much. you. I think it's really starting. To, it's supposed to sell you on like this is his ritual to kind of put it in Negan's face. Like he wakes up wanting to murder the man. <laughs> Okay. And walks up and down his prior and like this is his like Zen meditation. Uh you know, that like this is what yeah. keeps him this is what keeps him sane. So it, uh, yeah, it does feel a little a little ritual. 
Um, okay. but I don't know. So I think I mean, it's supposed to be like Walter, Walter White cutting the crust off his of sandwiches. It's just like something you notice in the background. But I guess if they spend five minutes each episode. Right, right. Cutting crust <laughs> off sandwiches. That's a lot sandwiches. of crust. Yeah. It's a lot of crust. Uh, so he goes back inside where he and Michonne talk about the state of the communities and Judith is sick. So they decide they're going to take her to the doctor, which Rick neglects his duties for, I guess. Although he ends up try, trying to say that making a baby is not neglecting his duties and convincing Michonne to do that. But he's neglecting to take his sick daughter to the doctor, so I don't know. Half a dozen to one. Yeah, well, I have mixed feelings about this because it's like I, I understand it's supposed to be like broadly speaking construed as supportive that like, oh hey, you know you're working too hard, come in and stop working. But I actually fucking hate this trope. Like fucking let the man or woman work. She's literally making a charter for all of humanity to live under post zombie apocalypse. You know, mm-hmm. you can take your magic penis and pedal it some other place and it'll still be there 12 hours from now when she's wanting to wind down for the evening. You know, let her work on the goddamn charter. Yeah. So I think I'm with you. The the I couldn't help but notice like when he doesn't close this door, it feels a weird thing to do in the zombie apocalypse to not close a door. Right. Yeah. I, I would think you would close every single door you possibly could. You would want as many barriers between you and any potentially zombified former living uh humans yeah i was thinking about that like uh i think we've we've mentioned this on a few podcasts that like this kind of thing would change people's way of life yeah um like you know there's this period of time where a lot of people built these um you know transparent uh, coffin lids and like little bell assemblies because they're paranoid about being buried alive before embalmment and you know there's embal- being before being embalmed became normalized mm-hmm. and you know this is a brief period of time where like oh god you know the we could actually be buried alive who knows it's kind of macabre science versus oh well we'll just pump everyone full of formaldehyde and make sure they're fucking dead before we put them in a coffin uh, but they don't seem to ever do that. Like people still like I understand you love your you you love your mate and you want to cuddle up with them at night. But uh, holy cow, you're you're going to sleep every night with Schrodinger zombie. <laughs> yeah, Michelle Michonne is one completely silent killer, like aneurysm away from making Judith a fucking two time orphan. Yeah, like yeah, it doesn't seem like they're very concerned at all about people suddenly dying within the community. Yeah, like I mean, maybe you get a you get like a Dick Van Dyke situation where you got you got a you got a the split bed, you got like a demilitarized zone, and you wear some kind of iron shackle around your neck. You shield. Can, yeah, you can sleep or sleep in the bed, but you know you can't rise up and slay your family. I I yeah. agree. I feel like this is the the next level. We need to get some alternate sleeping arrangements. We need to really lean into the fact that we could at any time die and and raise up and slay an entire family house full of people. Yeah, or an entire community full. Like, you could lose your whole community this way if everybody's got their doors open. And how many open. times has it happened on this show? Yeah. It happened, I know, at least once in Hilltop and once in a prison. That's two times in both of these, like, community leaders' living memory. Fucking stop sleeping together, people. <laughs> All right. Uh, Maggie and, and a guy who I can only describe as poor man's Glenn. Did yes! they not put a Glenn lookalike yes! sitting next to Maggie on this wagon? Yeah, man, I I applaud Maggie for going out and finding the some some motherfucker, some Glenn looking motherfucker, and bringing him up in the wagon with you. Yeah, what the hell? Like I, I honestly blanket. thought it was Stephen Yoon for a while. I was like, 
did they just br- did they forget that he's dead and bring him back as a guest star? What happens? Does, Ma- does Maggie roll up on the buggy? Like, Come on, not Glenn, get up! You're riding shotgun. Like, yeah, it was amazing. Absolutely Same, amazing. My notes say homeless man's version of Glenn. Yes, yes. Uh, so they're riding down the road and they're stopped by some saviors who are looking for their friend. And they menace Maggie and they eat a tomato, but they don't cause too much harm. Uh, then Maggie and fake Glenn spots uh, the Walker asshole from last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the savior. Yeah. Uh, cute family fun day. I like that. The little you know montage of... Uh, and I do feel like the, the feeling good days are kind of over for Rick. This all seems very bad. Uh, oh yeah. If he doesn't Let's... get this 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 murder solved, it's going to rip the community apart. They're not going to have any bridge, and then the the dream of the tomato charter will die. And by the end of the episode, like there, it's clear there's no solving this murder without destroying this community anyway. So yeah. like it's kind of a catch twenty two situation. What I thought was interesting though is this standoff. You're conditioned to think the saviors are being total assholes, but mm-hmm. like if you flip it from their perspective, Maggie and Fake Glenn are being just as cagey and circumspect about how they're answering and menacing and like putting their hand like it's a really well written and constructed scene you've got like shitty tattoo girl uh who's like barely able to uh, maintain the peace um yeah but it's it's i like i said it feels it feels very real like two groups of people that have a lot of reason to distrust each other uh giving in to those those weaknesses and impulses and i don't i don't know why i can't remember if i've seen him in something else but i really like this uh tomato chomping guy mm. uh kind of the the lead the leader of the rebellion here he's shoe black beard man in my notes yeah he's very just black got a, a monolithic bl- a black head of hair just oh yeah every every hair bearing surface bristling with that jet black hair yeah gotta wonder if that's natural in the apocalypse yeah, and also like I thought it was uh, this, uh, you know heavy with portent that uh, Rick is reading uh, Wizard of Oz, you know right right before I, I can't remember if this is right after uh, Dorothy gets done with the beautiful dream of the land of Oz or before the tornado comes and takes her away. But either way, it's it's uh, you know foretelling a lot of change in Rick's life to come. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we kind of talked about that musical montage, and then we go to the bridge crew in full revolt, and it takes Carol and the threat of a gun to quell this uprising. Uh, but things continue to head toward violence, uh, eventually, until Rick shows up, gun drawn, and tells everyone to back off, and they begrudgingly listen to him, and then, uh, there's a conversation here where Rick asks Gabriel where Trash Lady was last night, Gabriel vouches for her, um, says she was with him all night. And then Boston Rob tries to convince Maggie and Rick to give them guns, but they hold strong with, you know, Maggie asking, I guess, the right questions. Who who killed this asshole savior guy? Uh, Rick riding in on a literal high horse is the highlight of the episode to me. And I started yeah. thinking this could be a really fucking cool Western if they just let it happen. Okay. In I mean, think about it. Way? It's 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 like a postmodern Western where people are riding horses. You got Rick, who's already kind of like this mythic Western figure with that hat that he used to go around in. He's got a six shooter, and they're like, "What is this collection of communities?" But a bunch of rough spun frontier uh, towns, mm-hmm. and you've got a hostile force of zombies that kind of is like allied with nobody, standing in for the Native Americans, like. 
you could have you know uh you, you could have just a slightly better version of uh of of a, a western or a very modern refreshed version of a western and i think it would be really cool to see you know sheriff grimes trying to keep the peace amongst these communities oh god someone's fall down the water hole you know again the the the, the, the mine shafts collapsed yeah it's fake glenn he's he's, he's drowning down in the water hole <laughs> We tried to we tried to dangle the glens one too many times and it's finally blown up in our faces. Like I think that would be super cool. Yeah, a post apocalyptic western. I could see it, and that, that could definitely be where they're headed with this. Um, it doesn't seem like this tension between the communities is letting up anytime soon. Yeah, no, there's a ton ton of awesome stories they can tell. Just like again, just this just frontier cut off from civilization, uh, like really cut off from civilization. I think it's. I think it'd be a, a, an idea worth exploring. Yeah. Uh, this scene, I kind of like uh, the the savior. I'm calling Neck Tat because I don't know her name, but a shitty tattoo girl. I see. Yeah. Shitty tattoo girl. Yeah, she's yeah that's probably she's the best of the bunch here. Like I'm. Yeah, I don't know. She seems well, level headed and 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 yeah. eager to get started on building something. Yeah, I like how there was like this. Um, you know, there's this one scene in uh, in the movie Airplane where everyone's lining up to calm down this hysterical woman. And they're, yeah. All you know, like someone her, yeah. says, like, get a hold of yourself. And the doctor's like, please, please, you can't do this. I'm a doctor. And you just start slapping her. And I felt like this was this with the crowd, except for Shitty Tattoo goes, the girls in the, and, and Gabriel both trying to hold the line. They're lightweights. Boston Rob comes in. He's the fucking hammer. He's going to put it down. He gets gainsay. Then Carol comes in. I'm yeah. like, oh, now that's a cooler. That's Patrick Swayze coming into a roadside uh, bar and just cooling everything down. Uh, but no, no, they they looked like they were all ready to go gangs in New York style, mm-hmm. like f- fucking machetes and and axes. And then Rick rides a literal horse. Oh, it's amazing. I yeah. fucking loved it. So good. Oh yeah. Uh, so then Gabriel tells Trash Lady that Rick asked about her and wants to know if she saw anything. And she's pretty cagey with a non-answer here, questioning whether Gabriel trusts her. Uh, I still see that she's recovering from that devastating trash cut she gave herself. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Like, the bangs aren't quite there. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to take quite a few more months of growing that out to undo the damage. The the forelocks are are returning. Nature Uh is healing itself, yeah. Uh, I this is another kind of shitty Walking Dead thing to do, where you've got this character who's obviously being evasive and cagey and distrustful, and Gabriel, who <sighs> I didn't like that. Like, Gabriel really didn't have time to redeem himself in my eyes. He was doing stupid shit until late, late seventh, if not eighth season. Yeah. So I still kind of don't like him by reflex, and now he's putting the uh, putting the entire community at risk by withholding information. What mm-hmm. the hell? What the hell, Gabriel? Yeah, um, I, I, I really don't know how to feel about Trash Lady, because I get like that she's not trusted in the community, and she feels like she wants to be, but that mm-hmm. takes time. It's just, mm-hmm. it's really just a matter of time and proving yourself, and people will start to trust you, like Gabriel said. Yeah. You know, last episode, but she's very impatient, I guess, with that. Or I can't tell if, if it's some kind of like impatience and, and annoyance with being questioned all the time, or if it's something that she is kind of half planning all along, it's, was it fuzzy to you at all? Or is this something I'm just, no, I think that's what I'm saying. I I think, I think this is really annoying because, um, it's a, it's a sudden unexplained shift. I mean, I guess it's kind of explained. She's like, well, Rick, Rick, uh, 
you know, question me. I'm like, yeah, he's going to fucking question Daryl. Like, that's what you mm-hmm. do. And But she's, I don't know, there's some kind of... She's got this easy out with this. But th- that's the other thing. It's like, she said she was an elementary school teacher. And then the fall of man happens and she becomes a slave trader. And then mm-hmm. she gets up with this outfit and they fight this giant war against Negan and they're having this much success and literally the first fucking setback. And she's like, oh, you know what? I better go throw my lot back in with the fucking slave traders. Yeah. Like how that doesn't seem it, it makes her seem like a very weak, foolish person, mm-hmm. which maybe she is. But, um, yeah. you know, why the episode and a half of trying to make me like her and mm-hmm. b- buy into this this Gabriel uh, and relationship, especially since Gabriel, I don't really like him either. You know. Well, if I know Walking Dead, it's because they're going to kill her soon. Probably, she's going to die in a helicopter crash. <laughs> yes. The very next episode. Uh, those, dang- those things are dangerous. All right. Rick interrogates Daryl, asking if he shot the asshole with a crossbow. Daryl claims not to know who did it, but uh, to definitely know why, because these people can't coexist. Uh, you think you think Daryl was conspicuously sharpening his knife just to give Rick the opportunity? I was like, I've never seen a more ostentatious, showy sitting down to sharpen a knife in cinematic history. Hmm. Like, there's a big stage, a clearing, ample privacy, goes out there, kind of does a 360, looks around, locks eyes with Rick, starts sharpening that thing. <laughs> like, this was this was this was Daryl inviting the investigation. Hmm. Like, don't make don't make Rick come down and hunt me down. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think Daryl wants to, you know, impress upon Rick uh, how he feels about this, but also he seems r- weirdly reluctant to talk about it. And I guess that's Daryl; like he doesn't talk about things, he does things. Uh, and he's mad that Rick, like you know, because like there is also some uh, interesting mystery. You know, uh, Daryl is he's not past murdering saviors. Um, but you know, we also know Daryl enough to like, if he wanted Rico Suave dead, as, as he himself said, I would have done it in plain sight. There'd be no question. I wouldn't fucking murder someone in the shadows, Rick. Yeah. Uh, so he's annoyed that he's being asked, but he also knows that Rick has to ask and his, his, his reputation for leader. I, I don't know. There are people, it's, Daryl's a frustrating figure because he himself lacks any leadership qualities, apparently. Um, Mm-hmm. And he recognizes that Rick has them, but then he's also angry that Rick is utilizing. Like, well, you know, I got to treat everybody the same, or you know, I wouldn't be a very good leader, Daryl. That's how this shit works. And Daryl's like, ah. <laughs> he he literally says that. He literally says, yeah, yeah. yeah during that's, the episode, that's, yeah, uh huh. That's that's not leadership. That's not that's how you, you can't <laughs> rile the troops with a hearty, yeah. Uh, maybe if you were a wildcat, maybe. Yeah, you got some you got some discount penguin henchmen. You can you can order them around like that, but not not these rough spun savior types. Uh uh-uh. uh. I, I do like this scene a lot though, because the erosion of even the oldest community members here, the the trust that they have in each other uh is happening, and I, I feel like that is the most dangerous part of this, because you could, you know, just kind of segregate these people and say, Okay, saviors do their thing. But when you get the people who are instrumental, uh in the success of all these communities butting heads. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, and it makes sense. And I, I also like the the final note in the scene where Rick brings it all the way back to the beginning. Yes, I was going to And it's like, you know, I know this this goes against every bit of your instinct, Daryl, just like the time you mm-hmm. didn't kill the man who left your brother to die up on a rooftop. Like, that's fucking good storytelling. And Absolutely. there's so few OG survivors that... The like I'm constantly kind of flummoxed that the show doesn't lean more into 
like you know Carol and Rick and 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 Carol and Daryl and Daryl and Rick and Maggie and all those guys because that's where the real connection is. Definitely yeah. have them have adventures with the side characters, bring them along too. But man, it's so strong when they get to get to mine those eight seasons of history we have. This characters. Yep. All right, Maggie and Seabreeze patrol the trails and follow a few walkers to a house where there are a bunch of walkers making noise on a shingle. And they grab a rusty pitchfork and they move in to take them out so they don't attract more. They almost get eaten until Rick and Daryl show up to save them. Rick finds someone who says she got knocked out by something from behind. And while she was out, someone was taken. I, it, people's names, man. I think it's like Apoc. Is, is this a Matrix character? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. A-Rat. Uh, a rat, a rat is the the va- the bad girl's name. The good girl's name is B. <laughs> B and A, B and A. Fuck. Yeah, B and A rat. They're just throwing throwing darts on a on a board, man. Is is this is this an A B thing? Is this like the? Oh, I didn't even make that connection. Ever, I th- here along, I thought you were B, and turns out you're an A rat. Um, <laughs> I have a question. This this little yeah. shack in in the middle of the woods. Uh, do you think its tin roof is in fact rusted? Is that why the shingles falling off and and banging? I mean, I assume so. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. You're making brought, some brought reference that I'm not picking up. Brought everybody to the shack. It did. Uh, okay. I mean. Like I get this. This is like at first when I saw like you know like why are they doing this? Why do they have to? This is such a risky, crazy thing to do. But then I'm like, okay, well. There's this concept of these, you know, non-natural noisemakers that draw zombies in and they can form like these herds and stuff. So this is kind of like, you know, trying to stop a tornado before it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I feel like that bad decking uh, kills at least as many survivors as zombies do in the apocalypse. It's true. And the convenient break timing of the breaking of wood, yeah. like the second the like those zombies were waiting to hear a board snap and an ankle scrape because they <laughs> came out of that fucking door like the Kool-Aid man after after yeah. they heard that. It's, it's like, especially come on. like when they show the shot of the boards flexing on the door. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't go anywhere near that door. No. I, I would I would very carefully dispatch those walkers. I, I'd pry up a board near their heads off the thing. I'd be very careful as I was doing it, and I'd start stabbing them through the the boards. Like you saw them flex, it was insane. There's no way I would yeah, walk past that, yeah. going, "Yep, that's secure." The other thing I like to imagine is how are the zombies standing on the other side of the door and such to array such a bristling range of fingers grasping? Mm-hmm. You know, like if just dumb zombies Reaching are like past. banging against the door, like they're all like coordinating. Uh, you know. What, what twister style to get every one of their fingers jammed through this every one of the creases of the door that's a lot of cooperation to get that awesome visual effect oh yeah of the grasping it's, it's fingers. like when adam levine takes off his shirt and starts spinning it around and the sweat's hitting the crowd everybody's yeah. reaching for that sweat you're getting <laughs> if you're at the front of that uh front of that crowd you're getting mashed against those rails man oh man oh yeah, yeah. it's exactly like that exactly like that but uh, i don't know like why do they need these like you know like uh uh, this this scene felt a little self-conscious to me because it's like, well, if we don't have a person in zombie danger, every 15 minutes the show is going to be canceled. Mm-hmm. I'd, yeah. I'd rather like I'd rather them go a couple like especially in this age of The Walking Dead, go a couple episodes between zombie attacks. Let them kind of build up that menace and fear again, because this shit just seems silly, especially when like Daryl comes in and kills one zombie and suddenly the attack is over. Right, right. 
The, like like that, they really needed you to save him. Hey. They had the they had it down to one zombie, and he came in and got the one zombie that was going to undo the whole fucking improvised plan. Like, just stop, yeah. stop with the silly shit, man. It is silly. Uh, I would advise him to keep this pitchfork because their blacksmith might be able to use it to make more. Mm, that's true. Maybe he's he can you know discover what a pitchfork is. He had a real and... hard time envisioning the three prongs necessary. <laughs> to make a fucking pitchfork so now they can yeah, he probably turn his nose up at it too he's like hey this ain't no museum quality pitchfork what the fuck this is rusty. how much hail can you bail look how skinny this is just a big fork go go get me a pitchfork son uh all right let's move on to them my son up. didn't die dragging me a plow so i could have a reference plow so you can bring me this bullshit fork get the fuck out of here yeah he wants a museum quality fork or he won't reforge oh, yeah. it uh, so they set up search parties to find the missing woman. Rick and Carol pair up and talk about how hard it is to keep the community together, despite Rick being dead set on not letting it come to violence. He tells her his secret desire to kill Negan and why he doesn't. Um, I guess we can talk about Daryl and Maggie as well. They, they just talk about how neither of them are sure Rick's plan is going to work, though Maggie wants to see it succeed. And then Daryl sees what I think is a driftwood arrow in someone and claims that he knows who killed uh, or who took the missing woman. Man, it doesn't make sense. Um, it, yeah, it, uh, it, it, that that part doesn't make sense at all because what actually is killing these people? They're intimating is that spear gun, right? So why is the presence of a driftwood arrow like Daryl's big? Oh my God, I know who did it. I mean, because I thought the, the spear gun is some kind of complicated reusable. It's like a really long captive yeah. bolt gun. You know, you don't you uh-huh. don't whittle new ones every time. You just keep reusing the same one. Yeah. No, it's um I mean, I guess because seaside, oceanside, whatever, uh Lakeview's got a, a monopoly on driftwood. Mm. You know, it's also I thought it was interesting that like uh in the previous scene they established that Cindy, Seaside Cindy, is mm-hmm. got a, a hand injury. That no one knows where it came from, and but no, you know, no one suspects it's a bite. It turns out that's part. She probably got that hand injury wrangling up these uh, saviors, right? Yeah, probably. But I thought that was interesting. That no one, like in the middle of the zombie attack, she comes with this hand wound, and you know, nobody asks. Like, I guess they would suspect if she got bit, she'd just own up to it, fess up to it. Does uh, everybody do that? That's a we're that's all, a dangerous expectation. We're past the days of people hiding a non-fatal wound because obviously you'll be killed. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No. It doesn't. It. It seems like at least uh, have the doctor check that out. I also liked, um, you know, like uh, Jerry. Is it Jerry the one the 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 quilted mm-hmm. the quilted axe yeah. man Quil- quilted mountain? Sure. Yeah, Quilted Mountain. He raises the question uh, of like, okay, let's say we catch this A-Rat character. Uh, are we going to handle it? Or we catch the perp. Are we going to handle it like a Gregory or a Negan? Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really... Because if you try to explain the differences between those two, it's really hard. Like anything you can say about Gregory, about giving chance after chance, he never learned his lesson, never learned his lesson. Like Negan fucking ra- you know, ran a slave slash death camp. Come on. Yeah. Do you think I'm starting to think because like um, I'm starting to think Rick is being a little naive with this saving Negan, Negan thing. Like there should have been a justice system that judged what to do by community standards. And oh, maybe yeah. some of the saviors get pardoned because they were, you know, 
like uh, some of the victims could say, you know, I could always tell this guy I felt bad about or he seemed very afraid. And then you get the air at people that are like being casually cruel about that and like really gleeful. Mm-hmm. And you hang the ones that need hanging and you let go. Right. But like Negan probably should die. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I said it last episode, like he's he's if anybody's squandered as many decisions as Gregory has, it's Negan. Um, mm-hmm. You know, squandered opportunities to change his ways, to do better. Uh, yeah, they, they've given him chance after chance, and he's proven himself to be just a colossal asshole. So, yeah. Do you think, because I haven't read past this point in the comics, and obviously I haven't seen it in the show, but do you feel like that this show is setting forth the fact that Rick might be wrong? Like, I, I don't think that, uh-huh. like, Rick's way broadly is the right way to go. Like, you can't just right. kill everyone. That, that's that, that that commit some kind of crime sure but that's why i thought maggie's uh whole philosophy was right maybe they're telling the story of why maggie needs to take over and why rick needs to step aside um yeah i, I think it's headed I, that way maggie and michonne seem to be like they're the new leaders of the the respective uh communities yeah yeah which I don't know. Stay I like okay where it's going. Me. I like the I like the moral stakes and uh, where this is bringing like you know real serious characters into the confrontation and and without yeah. having one of them lose their minds. Like right. Maggie's not gonna have a psychotic break and see you know poor man's Glenn and think oh my god my husband baseball bat ah no. I'm gonna go in there and rush in with like this is a very methodical thing that they're doing. Like you know what we've tried it this way we've tried it that way we've seen the cracks in the system. Rick's going to throw a fit, so we're just going to take it upon ourselves and, and uh, yeah, I guess that's where it's going to go. Yeah, this I, is I, one I, of those reasonable people can disagree situations, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's set up pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, the only, my only question is, is Maggie going to get, uh, or I'm sorry, Michonne going to get this charter, um, or is it going to continue to be some of this freewheeling, freewheeling frontier justice kind of where it's just case by case? Like, well, if you do, you better not get caught in Maggie Town because boy, they string people up like right. Converse sneakers over there. <laughs> Whereas, like, oh, if you gotta, you gotta fuck around, fuck around in Alexandria. They yeah. got fucking Negan in jail. What are they gonna do with you? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, good point. That that might be interesting. Uh, but so then- on the other hand, in the war against the dead, as Rick says, every life counts. Every life counts, uh, especially the ones locked into prisons, eating food and not contributing anything. Yes, those people count for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Trash lady returns home and pulls a walkie out of a secret stash box. She uses it to call the helicopter people. <laughs> this, I, I feel so silly just describing these scenes because nobody has yeah. a name. The, the, the communities now don't even have names. They're the helicopter people to me. She pulls out a working walkie-talkie from a trash uh-huh. junkyard. Yeah. How Why long not? has it been there? Uncharged, untended. I, how long has it been since she I, It feels like it's been community. at least six months, just based on everyone's facial hair and... I guess. Level of bangs no growing out. Yeah, me either. Uh, but, so, uh, yeah, she asks if they took the missing saviors. They say no, but the deal's still on as long as she can come up with an A. And Gabriel pops up uh, thinking he's a B. I'm an A. <laughs> Turns out he's not. Uh, yeah, he pops up out of the trash and questions what she's doing. She admits to training people for supplies, but claims she's doing it because nobody trusts her. And she asks Gabriel to come with her to this promised land of helicopters and, I, I guess, A, slavery. Um, he can't leave the rest of them, so she calls him an A and knocks him out. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Uh, we're back to this A and B shit. Is this going to be the return of the Terminus folk? Did someone survive that fucking debacle? 
Because this yeah, goes back Carol to Acar. But I like Rick yeah. did. No, I'm talking about like the the perpetrators of the Terminus. Oh, camp. okay. Uh, yeah, Tasha Yar survived. She's out there. Uh, did she really? I no, thought she, she died. She did. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, her Romulan clone right. was able to get away. Was able yeah. to get away. That's that's how that worked out. Um, because like that's this 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 A B stuff is coming up again, and I'm wondering where they're going with it. I wonder if there's any like like is there some broader hierarchy that we can't see involving helicopter people and blonde ladies in suits it's also stupid i don't care like that's the problem is like this is just labeling see i'm excited b's and like this code talk and trash people and because i feel like it's a return of like you know like the pre-nation state where it's like okay here in the dc suburban area you have like rick's group and we think that's the world but there's probably a fucked up appalachian mountain society and there's the fucking you know weirdos living on islands in maine Mm -hmm. and we haven't even gotten to the south or the midwest yet like there's going to be or uh scott kemple's new show you know <laughs> whatever that be is five more communities than that i don't know fear the fear the fucking dead um yeah i don't know fuck the walking dead how about that <laughs> yeah uh it's it's not good if 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 trash lady jadis comes to me and says hey uh i want to take you off to this paradise land and she says there's only one thing i'm thinking the thing here is that the place we're going is a much larger trash heap with mountains of gold, uh, which I guess translates to like used couch cushions and <laughs> abandoned broken <laughs> lamps. I, I don't know. Like I, I can't imagine the world she takes me to where I go. Yeah, that's where I want to be. Also, where what did she think that did she think that that, that uh, this man who th- she thought was a B, which I guess is less than the A, was going to help her catch know. an A? <laughs> you think she thinks Gabriel is going to help her do that? Like, what does she know for Gabriel? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a goofy plot. Yeah, and I was kind of looking goofy. forward to Jadis continuing to redeem herself, but I guess not no. because here again, like, here's another thing where like I don't think you can come back from this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if the first sign of hardship you decide to betray one of your own to some kind of shadowy helicopter-based slave cult. That's yeah. that's your that's a that's a Gregory. You're oh, going yeah. into the Gregory column. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. You squandered your net your your new choice. So plus they they, they also betrayed everybody back in the war. They turned oh, yeah. tail and this and, the and time. Uh, yeah. So like fuck her. She needs to die. I mm-hmm. hope. Uh, I hope. I don't even care about. It. I hope Gabriel dies too. Yeah, they both just, die just in a helicopter crash. Hope they get in a helicopter. It, it it flies over the horizon, and then there's a smoke a puff. There's a there's a there's a puff of smoke. A smoke a puff. Yeah. You smoke a puff, and then there's a puff of smoke, and th- we never see him again. All right. And let's... then from that horizon rides Heath with his, <laughs> with his triple P card. access card. <laughs> Angela uh, Kang totally redeems the show. And it unlocks the funds for a season 10. Okay, <laughs> let's go on to the next scene. Carol's ambushed by saviors who hold the knife to her throat while they negotiate with Rick for guns. Uh, they're not staying with the bridge crew. They're leaving. Carol manages to stab the guy and take them back to uh, camp without killing anyone. Uh, which is great. I like this scene. Um, the saviors are asking for an entire... Now, here's the thing about the saviors. 
this is the thing that that like this is so close to being super clever, but it falls apart because no savior has ever died while being in the fucking camp. It's guys who punch kids and who run off and crush uh, people's arms mm-hmm. and then get fucking lippy and surly about it. They get thrown out of the camp and then they get killed. But the yeah. idea of we're not protecting saviors doesn't seem like they have any basis in fact. And I wish that the Oceanside people had used some of their their cranberry juice uh, and some of their like in-group wiles to actually harm people inside the camp. Gotcha. So it did feel like, hey, we're being preyed upon. Maybe it's by our own because, you know, there's some there's some demons among us. Maybe it's by these fucking Alexandrians and other type people trying to, you know, uh, get some revenge. But like having it be these people like like these guys here are only in danger because they're outside at night fucking around, taking people hostage and demanding guns. Yeah, it's uh, it's so close to being smart and, and something I can get on board with. And I feel like they, they didn't quite get it there. And let's just point to uh, what's his name? The the Morgan acolyte, the kid, Ben. Yeah, yeah. They just point to Ben and say, look, we don't give him a gun. Yeah, he gets a idiot. stick. Look at him. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's the disparity between like, you know, how many people inside of the the real uh, communities like Alexandria and the Hilltop and um, the the more established ones have guns. And mm-hmm. I guess like, you know, Oceanside is they they had guns. They had millions of guns. Right. They got so. them confiscated by Negan. I mean, that's the thing. It's like basically everyone who fought against Negan gets to wear gets to t- have guns everyone who fought for negan doesn't get trusted with guns right um which i and, think is reasonable but i can understand why they wouldn't see it that way yeah i just wish they were a little smarter about how they they put this conundrum and also i really liked uh this kind of like rick carroll buddy cop thing that was going on because if they decided not to take it into a western edge this also would be a really cool procedural detective show <laughs> Can you imagine again Sheriff Rick trying to keep the law going between all these disparate uh, communities and they all have slightly different moral bents and slightly different relationships to him and law enforcement? Like, it was kind of fun watching him go around do his sheriff shit. And Carol is a really fucking next tier uh, cop buddy. Uh huh. Uh, That whole, like, when she, like, you know, stabs him in the leg and puts him on his ass and, why didn't you finish me? Because every life counts. It's badass. I liked it. Yeah, I agree. Get the hat back, Rick. All right, we go to Maggie and Daryl, um, who go to where this uh, asshole died, and they find the gas cans. Plus, they find Seabreeze and a few others with a gun to a savior's head. Uh, they all agree that the savior deserves to die, except for Maggie, who thinks it's just creating more problems. Seabreeze says she was inspired to take matters into their own hands when they saw Maggie kill Gregory. I and- learned it from watching you, okay? <laughs> I learned mean, it from yeah. watching you. The the story here is effective enough to cause Maggie and Daryl to turn their backs and let her be killed. Although, yeah. you know, Maggie says she's now persuaded by Seabreeze, and it's, it's a vicious circle. Uh, Yeah, I think it's funny because, like, you know, she said um, that Cindy showed me the way. We gave Rick's way a chance. It's now it's time to see the the the, the, Neg- the Negan and Daryl saying, "All right, uh, that's a really cool scene." And mm-hmm. I think that, like, again, it feels like I'm more on Maggie's side. That like this is a post zombie apocalypse. We don't have the facilities to take everybody. Negan is just like too dangerous. Like 
you have mm-hmm. a bad unlucky coup and they get him out and all this stuff starts right up again yeah like you can have court and like i'm not saying do it extrajudicially like you could get a mm-hmm. court of his peers to easily condemn this man for the many many real crimes he committed and then oh, yeah. after you get get the good then you can do everything on a case-by-case basis but like this like well we don't kill people because that lets the dead win is fucking batman logic yeah. You know, like Batman will shatter a, a mook spine in three places and he gets a Joker and that guy gets kid glove treatment to fucking Arkham Asylum until the next time he breaks out and kills a bunch of people with Smilex gas. It's insane. Right. Like, come on, Rick. Mm-hmm. What are you, Batman? I want to see your billions. Uh, I want to see your utility belt. You can't even store, you carry a hatchet on that thing safely. I, I do I do feel uh, Seabreeze here, though, because, yeah, the, the Saviors did totally annihilate uh everyone they cared about you know um yeah killed the the men and the children in their community and and you know that's the thing it's like i love the story because it invited me to feel for a rat for a minute like you know i guess hey i could negan's fucking crazy if he wanted me like if the choice was like hey if i don't do this thing then the next person down the line is going to do it anyway and i'm going to be killed yeah but I think it's hard for a reasonable person to get to where you're taking, you're like taunting a a little girl for her, the death of her 11 year old brother. Yeah. No, it's fucked up. Um, Like there's, there's being forced to follow orders against peril of death. And then there's taking glee and, and twisting the knife in a little bit more. And, you know, I thought, I thought it's, uh, this, this, uh, the, the morals of this show don't look good for Rick Grimes approach going forward. Sure. Uh, but that's it. We get we get the tomato stomp at the end. Um, you know, the symbol of the community is destroyed. Oh yeah. Let's see where it goes from here. See if uh, see see what uh, what Rick's going to tell that imaginary Negan face in the morning because this is going to be a to- it's the tomato stepping stepping on that face forever and ever. I, I went back because remember I said that there was like this kind of like um, late late moment in the season eight finale where there's a conspiracy against Rick Grimes. And I went back and watched it and it is, it's in like the last five minutes. Maggie's got this Godfather scene with, with uh, Jesus in her office. And she's talking right. about how, you know, she's not, she doesn't agree with Rick taking Negan prisoner. And she says, what we're going to do is we're going to build ourselves up. We're going to make this town thrive. We're going to be strong. We're going to be an example of what you can accomplish as a community. We're going to bide our time and wait because Rick's wrong, and we're going to show him. And then Daryl steps in and's like, "Damn right we are." Right. And then that's so. This has been. It seems like Maggie has kind of kept her her word. She has built Hilltop into this big thriving community. It's a. Uh, it's it's all the other communities lean on it too for support, mm-hmm. and now she's at the end of this road and she just can't fucking she can't stomach this seeing these saviors bucking for being rearmed and having negan still alive it's a nightmare yeah so it's gonna be interesting to see how this develops i'm i'm genuinely interested in that part of of the season i could take or leave trash lady and gabriel i could take or leave you know hopefully we will next next season we're gonna leave them out at the curb and the trash people will come and take them away That'd be nice. I mean, it'd be nice. Just, just dumpster them. Just, just take them out. Take mm-hmm. them out. To know they're, they're, they're no good for anybody. Tried to sell Gabriel on Craigslist and the one bad eye. Really, it's probably, it's probably not a good, good look to, to talk about selling people. No, um, but you know what? Probably not. Uh, that leave that to the A and B types. 
Yeah, the hel- the, the weird post-apocalyptic helicopter people. What are they doing with the A's and B's? That's what I'm. What? what yeah. What value is a, a? I guess slavery, like just forced labor. Like, is an A good for like labor and secure? Like, how also the thing? The question I also had with Terminus is like, how do you induct people into the order? I think they explored with that idea. Like, they make an offer of like, hey, you know what? The world's shit. We can start eating people. You know. And that determines <laughs> if you're a B. Like. Like a yeah. B comes willingly, a B can be like part of the community, whereas an A just ends up as a slave for that community. Or I thought this is opposite. Like A is like a potential like predator, or B is the the sheet class that just gets used and exploited either for labor or food. Uh, yeah. Well, she calls him an A. I think she right, says, "I thought you were a spine. B." Turns out you're an A and knocks him out. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, that, I'm not sure. What did you think? She, why? What quality did you think was a like that she was highlighting there? Because I thought it was her, him standing up to her. She asked yes. genuinely shocked that he okay. So I think the A are the more like ass kickers. Oh, fire breathers. Mm, okay, I, I I got it as like more of a cooperation judgment. Mm. Like, oh, you're going to cooperate with us versus you're not going to cooperate, and so you're an huh. A. See, I thought they were going back to the Terminus stuff where they kept them all in the A cart and and people had this theory that like all of them yeah. were ass kickers or something. It, I'm not sure. And that's that's a problem that they're using similar or identical terminology to label people and we don't fully understand what that label means. Uh, I, yeah. I didn't even fully understand what it meant back in Terminus days. Sure. But now I'm doubly confused because I don't see any way that those could actually be connected other than thematically through the yeah. show but why i don't know why are these two separate communities label their people like this it's i don't know i'm i'm probably setting myself for a disappointment but i'm hoping it's, there's some sort of connection like i really do hope that someone from terminus escaped that maybe will will be recognizable or um i don't know it'll be it will be interesting hopefully right. we'll we'll shut down these trash people though cuz uh Ugh. I'm shutting, need, shutting down the don't recap. Need any, don't need any Gabrielizing anymore. Uh, all right, this is our this is our catch up episode for The Walking Dead. Is, is that nine, because we mashed three. too many tomatoes and now all we have left is ketchup? Uh, we do. It's the ketchup. I'm sorry. The ketchup. <laughs> we got the ketchup accords, uh, and we are going to be doing 904 next week. Uh, we are taking feedback. Uh, we are not reading it until because like you. Know, this is still recording, and we haven't even released the shows yet. Uh, we think we'll catch up our feedback sometime at like the halfway point of the season. You can send that in to walkingdead at baldmove.com. Uh, you can follow along with all the things that Bald Move are doing at Bald Move on all social media. And uh, also, we got a nice community growing on our forums, forums.baldmove.com. If you want but to don't be an A. Hi. Don't be a fucking A. Don't be an A. We'll sort you into the B forum, and boy, won't you be <laughs> miserable with all those other fucking Bs. Yeah, you want to hang around guys like Gabriel? Quick to quick to sell an organist out, all star organist. Gonna 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 shut a, shut a door in your face. Mm-hmm. Better have more than organ skills if you're gonna be dealing with the bees in Gabriel land. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jay. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>